this week on Ace on the House. The thing that's crazy about these kids, it's insane. They constantly think they can get me busted. Like, they're like, I'm going to tell Mama. It's like, are you fucking nuts? I'm going to tell Olga. Like, they'll threaten me. I was like, I'll fire her ass. I'll fire Mama. I'll fire everybody. What do you think? I'm in charge. Don't you know? No idea. I tell them all the time. I pay for everything. I do whatever the fuck. Well, that's why they want to turn you in. I know. I'm waiting. Olga finds out. Check out an all new episode of Ace on the House this Saturday or visit aceonthehouse.com only on the Ace Broadcasting Network. Hello, my little love muffins. Before the show starts, I just wanted to say just a few things. Thongs. Just a few thongs. But I'm going to say it like this. Just a few things. Because I have my own quirky way of mispronouncing things. Thongs. Things. Eh, thongs. It's just one of those thongs. Anyway, my guest on the show that you're about to hear is Fred Armisen. I hope you enjoy it. He's super funny. Um, and... Let's see. What do I need to tell you about that? Well, okay. People have been up my hiney about the fact that I tend to apologize before the show starts, so I'm not going to do that. There are things, thongs, I could apologize for or at least address and you guys would think I'm apologizing, but I'm not going to. I'm going to allow you to listen to the show on its own merits and then maybe next time I'll tell you what it was that I would have said. But what I'm going to say right now is I have announced that I'm going to do a segment called um, best iTunes comment of the week, or maybe something that's a little catchier than that. But it's, you know, I'm going with the straightforward title now. And uh, I forgot to do it on the show. So that's why I'm doing it now before the show. And uh, just because I'm indecisive, I'm going to read not, not it's not it's not that it's that I'm going to kick it off with a bang. I'm going to read you three comments that I received. Um, and I liked them. Okay, here's one. It says great show. And it's by Mrs. Jones 92101. This has quickly become my favorite podcast. I've never heard most of Allison's guests, but I've ended up becoming fans of every single one of them. My only complaint is it's only once a week. Thank you, Mrs. Jones. And then also, here's another one, Awesomeness. It's from Jessie, 7D. I love Allison Rosen. She is incredibly witty, self-aware, intelligent, appropriately but not excessively self-deprecating, and hilariously funny. Hearing Allison talk about relationships with her wonderful guests is exactly what I need in my life right now. Thank you, Allison. Um, and in this segment, I'm not only going to read comments that are super ass-kissy, and I don't mean ass-kissy in like, flattery will get you everywhere, but also, why are you just blowing smoke up my ass? I don't mean it in that way. I just mean these comments are very, like, up with Allison, and I like that. But to be read in this segment, you don't have to be that way. Um, okay, and there's one more, and here it is. Great show, and this is by Long Racing. Allison... I misspelled my name. That's okay. Allison does, arguably my parents did as well. Allison does a good job getting funny and interesting people on her show. I love her because she isn't perfect. She's a normal person interviewing other people. I'd recommend it highly. I'd like to know what he means by not perfect and normal, but uh, I think I know what he means. So anyway, uh, this whole segment really is my way of saying, please leave iTunes comments because I love them and I read them. And I especially love, love ones with five stars. So um, whatever you're doing right now, drop it. I don't care if you're cooking or holding a baby, drop it and go to iTunes and subscribe if you're not subscribed. And if you're near a computer that's not yours, as your friends, definitely subscribe them to this podcast and then rate this episode with five stars and then just begin leaving comments. Just do it. 
it's it'll feel good and it feels good for me and also for producer Gary. Uh, so let's see what else. What else do I want to tell you right now before this episode starts? Uh, I love you. And you can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the show's Twitter. And by the way, I'm saying this now because I forgot to do it in the show. I don't know what the hell happened to me. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. And also you can um, follow me and the show on Facebook. Just search. You'll find it. Um, And you can follow Gary at G. Patrick Smith. And uh, did I already say I love you? I did. I'm just I'm full of love for you right now. Okay. I love you. Here's the show. You're listening to the Ace Broadcasting Network. Allison Rosen. Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison. Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. It's me, Allison Rosen, your new best friend. Welcome to Allison Rosen is your new best friend. My guest tonight, although maybe it'll be morning when you hear this, so my guest this morning for you is Fred Armisen. Television and movies, Fred and animated things, Fred Armisen. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. Thank you nice so to much. Be here. My pleasure for doing this. I know that you're not in town for that long, and that you squeezed it in after I texted you. And I believe in one text I said, "I'm sorry that I'm up your butt about this." I was. You did. I yeah. Did you not get the up the butt text? I don't. Rem- I don't seem to remember that. No. It, it never felt like you were bothering me. I was happy well, you're to do nice. it. You're nice. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so before this started, we were talking about cars. And then I said, wait, save this for the oh, show. Yeah, yeah. This is. And then I started to explain to you that I had um, made a list here. I jotted down a bunch of notes of things that I wanted to talk to you about. And car is even on them. Yeah, so yeah. see, we are not only having a conversation, but we're being efficient in terms of getting through the list. Yeah. So you are uh, leasing a car. Yeah. I um, needed a car for Portland. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I, I was sick of renting cars up there. So I was like, wait one second. Fred Armisen of Saturday Night Live in Portlandia. I meant to say that earlier. Oh, that's okay. I mean, everyone knows who you, you are. You but could have just said case. neither. It's okay. Doesn't but matter. when you say Portland, they need to, they need to know. Oh, exactly I spent my whole why. summer there. Yeah. So I was going to like rent a car. I was like, I'm sick of doing that. Like I want to like have a car there. Mm-hmm. So I chose, um, an Audi up like a like a black, you know, like one of those A3s that's kind of hatchbacky, so you mm-hmm. can put stuff in the back. But then I saw Adam Carolla here, and I was getting his advice as to whether I should buy it or lease it. Right. He said leasing is good if, if you have a company. And then, um, and that's it. I, and I bought it here, but I have to have it shipped to Portland. I hope this is, no one construes this as boring. So too bad. You know, talking about this, these intricacies. This is the day-to-day <laughs> stuff that they need to know. Um, and And I... I wanted to drive it up there, but there's all kinds of laws. You can't just drive on a, on a California highway like thinking – I, I wanted to go and say, hey, I'm registering this in Oregon. Mm-hmm. That's not allowed. You have to like register it here, like pay taxes and all this stuff. So it's like forget it. I'll, the, the advice was to go ship it. So that's what I'm doing. Gary is nodding uh, fervently. Have, yeah, you, have you run afoul of the law? And also could you put up the time code thing? I absolutely will. I have not run afoul of the law, but I have a friend who did a similar thing who – wanted to purchase a car in New York and register it in Arizona, and he was planning to drive it, but they won't let you 
you have to register it somewhere yeah. in order to drive it on the road. Yeah. So if you're at the dealership and you want to drive it to another state, you either have to ship it there so that it's not physically driving or... It's so weird. And there's tax stuff, too. Mm. What a pain. What a pain. They... they they, it's not, it's not willy nilly. Like you just jump into a car and drive, and then like, right. yeah. I really wanted it to be like, yeah, hey, yeah, don't worry, I'll register as soon as I get to, to Portland. But that's that's not the deal. And, and it also, seems like a, getting in a car and driving from one place to another should be the most freewheeling yeah. of transportation. There should be some kind of a sticker that you put on it, like, okay, purchase in California right. with the intent, blah blah blah. Like this a provisional is the, registration. Yeah. You know, because it's the same country. Yeah. I'm like, don't they know who you are? Yeah, and also America, we we all drive all over the place. Right, a lot of us are uninsured. I mean, I'm insured. Yeah, I'm insured. But there's a lot of yeah. But if you've ever been out there and you've been hit by someone, chances are they're uninsured. That's been that happens apparently. That's a terrible thing. But um, just to finish out that thought, I saw Adam and I made him guess what kind of car I had, Mm -hmm. and he guessed a Mini Cooper. No, I did. Oh no, he both of us did. He did. Yeah, and then you were saying. Right, and then I guessed a Prius. First, yeah. I guessed a Volvo. I'm sorry. I'm renting a Volvo. I love Volvos. Dana I, Gould loves loves and drives a Volvo. They're great. I would I, that's that would be my second choice. Do you remember that movie? Was it called Crazy People? It was about people in an insane asylum who got jobs at an. I'm butchering the movie, like at an advertising agency, no. and the whole. Th- oh, it was funny. I think Dudley Moore was in it. Um, but the whole thing was that they were going to tell the truth in their ads, and so for Volvo, it was like boxy but cute. Oh, and Gary seems to know this movie too, right? And wasn't it something like because you're not going to get a hand job from a Swedish model? <laughs> It pretty sounds much. familiar, yeah. actually. It was pretty funny. Yeah. From 1990. I thought it was longer ago than that, although wow. 1990 is 22 fucking years ago. How about that? That's crazy. So anyway, but, but you were saying, I can't believe you guys thought that I would get a Mini. I'm not against Minis. I've driven them, and I actually really like them. They're good for New York. Yes. But um, I like, yeah, I, they're fine. I'm not against them. It's just funny that's what you thought I would have driven that. Well, because you said that it would be a car that's good in a city and that it's not too big and not too small. Although yeah. I guess that is a real small car. That's more, that's, yeah, that's smaller. That'd be good for like New York, I think. I find that minis actually um, are kind of a bumpy ride. Well, definitely. Is that part of their charm? Because I'm not charmed by that. It's like more European. Okay. You know, is some that people good? like that. Some people like, I think, the feel of like that they're really driving. Right. You know? Like, there's nothing between them and the gravel. Yeah. I think think that's the idea. I think. I don't know. But I don't mind that it's a bumpy ride. Do you have a lot of padding on your butt? Yes. Sufficient? You look like you'd have a bony butt. I have a bony butt, but I purchased, uh, I have medical padding. You do not. (laughs) That was prescribed to me. Wow. No, uh, I have no padding on my butt. I have, um, yeah, I've got a bony butt. And yet you like the mini. Yeah. Do you ever get one of those cool seat covers with the beads? No, I don't do. I don't get anything. You don't get accessories for you. Don't get like I a bra know. for the front, of the front of your car. No, no, no. I like, you know, I like a nice stereo system. I like an iPod connector, but I don't get like stickers or beads or anything. Mm. In, in anything in life, I don't like. It. What's your home decor like? Uh, I I like it dark and spooky. Really? Mm-hmm. I like it a little scary looking, a little um, red and black and brown. 
is ha- ha- where's Halloween? Halloween on your is like Halloween is like holiday I, list. I love it so much, and I love. I just love like the colors of Halloween. I, I I really hope someday my house will be like a Halloween house, and I don't mean like the goofy Halloween like right. skeletons. <laughs> I mean like truly scary, like a horror house. Yeah, I really do like dusty candelabras. I like uh, weird paintings. I like bloody paintings. How do you feel about clowns? Clowns. It, uh, that doesn't appeal to me I, because that to me is like I don't mean that I don't like clowns, but clowns as horror, mm-hmm. as something that's scary. To me, I'm like I'm over it. I never got into that. Like, ooh, clowns are scary. Uh, I, I, that's a separate thing. You're too like, cool for clowns. Yeah, I'm too cool for clowns. I, I have bozophobia. But, but real clowns are fine. I don't. They're fine. I have nothing. I don't feel either way about them. But as horror, I don't buy into that school. For me, it's 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 vampires. It's like you know. Vampires. Um, for horror, does it have to be something that's supernatural? No, I don't like too too much supernatural. I like more sort of gothic, just a sort of British feel to it. I like Hammer films from from the sixties. Hmm. Okay. No, that sound you made. <laughs> it, I, the the judgment Sorry. for that isn't like that. It's not. It's like oh, I don't know if that's good. It's great. It's something that the reaction is like, that is awesome. I can't wait to see your house. That's what means. No, I thought you, <laughs> you were like. You should see me when I'm really not excited. Oh, I thought you were like, oh, that doesn't sound impressive to me. No. And, and, <clears throat> because I, I'm not impressed with myself. I am wait, more. So you need, me, you need other people to be impressed with you. It, it's not that. I, I am. There's other people who have Very. truly good, scary houses. And I, I am so jealous. And I wish I had the things like that they who? had. Who's a true scary house I know a person. guy I know a guy in Nashville who it's kind of more of his office uh, kind of but he's got like coffins I mean he's got like it, he really did it up in a way that I'm like very jealous also what, also what, um, what <clears throat> attracts you to that now see you have to understand the aesthetics of it, it is like the aesthetics are just like the best it makes you it's like makes you feel like you grew into your childhood, like oh yeah. When I was a kid, I loved vampires so much. It's like you want to grow up to be like in, you know close to something like that. Also, the um, the artist Joe Coleman, he's mm-hmm. this painter in Brooklyn. He's got this sort of studio, and he's got wax figures from old wax museums. It's so truly scary. It is really scary. See, I just don't like being scared. It's like I don't have that gene that everyone else has where they enjoy being fright. I like roller coasters if they're not too scary. Uh-huh. But in terms of watching mm-hmm. scary movies, some of my worst memories, like I was at a birthday party, I saw Exorcist, and I didn't even see it. I was hiding under a blanket. It haunted me for probably six months after that. And I I can remember hearing about different horror movies, like Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, which is sort of a comedy, or like a dark comedy, actually. It's pretty scary. But just here, I didn't even see it. Just hearing <clears throat> about it scared the crap out of me. Um, and, yeah, like, I don't like haunted houses. Wow. I love it. I love it I all. like puppies. I like cute things. I don't like puppies. I don't like dogs. You don't? No. You don't like puppies or dogs? I like some dogs. What, what kind of animal? Do you like animals? Some people don't like animals. I, I like cats. Okay. Yeah. Do you like kittens? I love kittens. I don't dislike dogs or puppies. <laughs> I think but, you do. <clears throat> I feel but, like you do. I feel like you're backpedaling now. I am a little bit because because I know that when I meet some dogs, I'm like, oh, this is a nice dog. 
But um, uh, I love being scared. That movie, The Strangers, I could watch it over and over. I, I love it. But I, is there a distinction between true fear and yes. uh, fright? Yes. Let's say. Like, there is a distinction because it's not like when I watch The Exorcist, I'm not like, I am really scared. Mm-hmm. It's more like, ooh, I'm like movie scared. Right. That's a different thing. I don't like being scared for my life in a bad part of town or like near a highway. Yeah. See, I went on a really, <clears throat> really bad, bad judgment, stupid, awful date with this guy who turned out to be um, like a white pride guy, and he decided that we should go off-roading late at night in some canyon, um, and we did, and I I sort of... Why did you agree to that? (sighs) Off-roading? I didn't know. Outdoor garbage? Oh, my God. Yes. Right away, you just say, I'm not doing that. A date, I was drunk. I don't da- know what date, I was thinking. I he, was playing in a band. It was like an all-day concert, and he was working at the venue, and he was uh, really cute, and I was really stupid, and it was like, let's just keep this party going. And then it went from fun to, oh, my God, I'm in a canyon with a stranger. It's awesome. so dark. There's, like, pine, or, tr- like, like we just drove past something in a tree branch, reached into the car, and fucked with my hair. Yeah. And, um Awful. And I, he might kill me, and I am truly scared. I'm truly frightened, and um, and ashamed. But anyway, but don't that be was, ashamed. That's okay. No, I'm not now. But then I was. Yeah. Because I, because yeah. See, because my parents were uh, out of the country at the time, and I just had this vision of being in the hospital in traction, and them coming uh, to visit me and just shaking their head at me, being like, I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. Well. That's didn't growing, happen, though. I that's lived. That's what growing up is all about. Mm-hmm. You learned your lesson. Nothing horrible happened. True. True. But, but that like whole that. experience was like, that was like true fear. Yeah. But um, to me, that's very similar to movie fear. Oh, really? No. Because movie fear, your life is never threatened. That's true. Did, that, you, see this, did you see Skeleton Key? Uh-uh. With... Uh, her name Kate Hudson. No. It was it was a movie that I actually laughed through because it was right. very hokey and very cheesy. And then the fear started setting in as I was just getting home. And then I was scared for a long time after that. I don't know. They just get under my skin. Yeah. That's why I like movies with puppies. I can't, I can't think of any movies with puppies. Marley and Me, but that's not one that I've even yeah. seen or like. Yeah. It's more like movies with puppies to me is not even necessarily literally movies with puppies. I just mean in general, cute. Lighter movies? Light. Yeah, I, I like, like comedies. I like comedies too. This is, we, we're, we went from home decor yes. to movies. I don't live by I horror know. movies. But I like I, I would, my dream is eventually to have a house that has a fake graveyard in the back. But you mean like a serious fake graveyard as opposed to a fun sort of haunted movie? Like Disney no, Haunted Mansion. I actually graveyard? would go a little closer to the, uh, to uh, the Disneyland version in that, like, uh, sort of crooked tombstones, right. kind of, you know. So yeah. So what are you in town doing? I, I just have a bunch of work to do. But I, do- I love. I mean, it's like I love it here. It's a great city. I love LA. Um, and there's always there's always all kinds of stuff to do. Mm-hmm. I did an episode of Up All Night. You know the. Um, Maya Rudolph show, mm-hmm. or, or however you want to call it, right? With Christina Applegate and, and Will, Will Arnett, Arnett, and they are a couple who yeah, just yeah. had a baby, but is still trying to be cool. Yeah, 
So I did that. I mean, I don't know. I did a bunch of stuff. Who did you play? A trainer. From uh, from Maya, Maya's trainer. Fun. Yeah, but I mean, who, uh, me talking about what work I've done, it doesn't seem. I'm. I, I feel like n- not embarrassed. I just feel bad. I feel I'm like just gonna cross up all night off my list. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. it's okay. Hey, I this is your make, show. I don't of want. My no, this show. is your show. This I is know, your show. And but I don't it, want, no, but it's okay. I just don't want. I I want you. I want this to be special. This is your house. Well, in my house, sometimes I ask people about their work. I know, but then I, <laughs> then I worry that I'm like, hey, so I'm working on these great projects, and I mean, it's just stuff, you know. Okay. Well, maybe you could just tell me what the voiceover thing you were doing was, unless you don't want to. That's cool too. Um. That was for a movie, and then I also did Nick Kroll's show. You know Nick Kroll, the comedian? He, what show does he have? Yeah, uh, yes, I love him. He's, he's, starting, oh, he's, he's starting a show on Comedy Central, so I shot an episode of that. Oh, that's awesome news. Yeah. Sorry. He's, he's no, great. No. Love me some Nick Kroll. He's Feel brilliant. free to chime he's in, brilliant. Gary. Yeah, he's yeah I love Nick Kroll as well. And then tomorrow I'm doing a show called Bob's Burgers. Oh, my friend is a writer on that. See, now I'm doing that thing that you were afraid you were doing, which is sounding self-congratulatory and being like, look at me. <laughs> no, you did not come off that way. I think I might have. No, you did not. So that, I, okay, thank you. So, Fred Armisen. Yes, Allison. When did you realize that you could do impressions? Very early on. When I was a little kid, I would do impressions of teachers, uh, of people who lived on my street. I did an impression of yeah, people who live on my street for, for my parents. So mm-hmm. very early on. And then all through high school, all the time. Was it, the, was it getting the voice right first? Or was it a facial thing? Or what was well, it? Well, I'd say, I'd say voice. That sounds about right. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I don't even know why I was doing it. But I did it all the time. Uh, who was the first famous person that you did? Do you know? Wow, that's a good question. I can't. I cannot remember. I don't remember. I, like, I wish I had a good, glamorous story of, like, yeah, actually. But I, I don't remember who. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that would have been. Because it, it would have been when I was a, a kid. The, I, I bet you, chances are it was an impression of an impression. Like, it was maybe, like, Carol Burnett doing somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're a kid, you just, you just mimic whatever. So it might have been something like that. Or Benny Hill doing somebody. Hmm. And is it something, is it innate is it almost like playing music by ear, or because see? Yeah, it's like playing music. It's like just like that. Okay. Because you don't even realize it's happening. So you don't have to go stand, or do you have to go stand in front of a mirror and kind of? No, no, no. No. It's like, in fact, it's probably counterproductive to stand in front of a mirror. Mm-hmm. Like, for, it's, it's different for everybody. For me, it's like I just before I start doing them, I think, oh, I might be able to do that person. So I'll see somebody. I'll go, I feel, oh, that seems like that's someone I could do. And then I'll just keep trying it. And then sometimes I, I look at a photo of the person because photos say a lot, mm-hmm. you know. Is it something that you do for fun or is it strictly a work thing? Okay, like I saw you on Real Time with Bill Maher, uh-huh. uh, which is something that you did while you were in town. Yeah. And you did just yeah, a did, I did real impression time. of him. I did Real Time with Bill Maher. Yes. Yeah. And you did like a little impression of Bill Maher. Now, obviously, you did that because you were going on the show. But, like, in your, like, okay, it's a Tuesday. You have a day off, let's Mm -hmm. say. I have no idea what your day off schedule is. But let's just say, would you just bust, 
like yeah, like, oh, yeah. I think I can. So in it's my sort car of like a or hobby. something. Yeah. It, alone, I'll just start doing it and see what it sounds like. I'm very envious of that because see, I have a younger sister uh, who's not involved in performing at all, but she's actually a very good impressionist. And like I remember, very she was young and she did an impression of Kermit, which was like putting her lips in this sort mm. of lopsided way. Um, and she's just good at stuff like that, or she can. She she's just good at mimicking. She can do uh, facial expressions and things like that. Whereas I always think maybe I can do it, and then whatever I do is something so different than the thing that I'm trying to imitate uh, that it just made me realize that what it feels like when I set my face in a certain way is is really not at all what it appears. Like I just I don't have a good sense of what my face looks like. When I do different, when I move my muscles in a weird way. Yeah, but that's okay. That it's like be- I'm a like retarded, spastic person trying to be graceful. But there still could be something in there. You could like, it doesn't have to be exactly like what the thing is. But if it entertains you, I'm oh, like, I'm very entertained by myself. I, there's that might be something to it. Yeah, impressions. Just, it's just I, bad I, impressions. I even think I even think that impressions don't have to be that great. I, I think like. As long as you're attempting, as long as it seems like you're having fun and you want to do it, that's all that matters. I, I, I don't know. I've watched so much stuff on TV that I'm like, it does, it, I just enjoy the performer. I don't care whether or not it's good. I think greatness is overrated. You know? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I actually wanted to ask you, what do you watch? What TV shows do you watch? Game of Thrones. Are you excited for it, it to I come back wait. on? can't wait for it to come on. Um, I can't wait. Um, down to that. It's going to be so... Uh, I was so... I really was left hanging. I know. Year. I can't believe how it ended. And that little boy king. Screw oh. that guy. Oh, I hate him. Screw I him. I can't stand him. I hope they start the new season with right away. With him dead. With him. And they, it's the only time they have a gun and they shoot him. Yes. Yeah. It wouldn't even bother me that it doesn't make sense. He's... This little scowl. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of people that I went to school with. There's the, he is the Just worst. Blonde jerks. Ugh, the worst. And his mom, like, looking over him. That's an illegitimate. Also, then he's not supposed to be king. Right. The whole thing. It's a travesty. I was upset about that, and then I remembered, because they ripped up the contract or whatever. And the, but you can't get mad at them. You have to be mad at the guy who's supposed to protect it. He sort of handed over this document and was like, here, look. And she ripped it up. I don't know if you remember. but um, Now I'm forgetting who was supposed to protect it. Was it some eunuch? I don't know. I just, I just think that those things have to be protected more than just – they put themselves at the mercy of that king. Yeah. But I'm excited about that. I like Downton Abbey. I am late to Downton Abbey, but I'm just finishing up the second season now. That's all there is. But I mean, I was very late to it because I just I just watched the first season and the second season. Oh, well, you're good in the space. Yeah, no, I know. But there's some Christmas special or something. Oh, really? Yeah. It took me a little while to get into Downton Abbey because I I thought I don't understand what's going on. What's an entail? But then now now I'm with it. I'm mm-hmm. up to speed. Well, good. Yeah. So I really like that show. What do you watch? What do you like? Well, I just saw the season fifth season premiere of Mad Men. What'd you think? I, um, I haven't seen it yet. You haven't. I liked it. There's a song. I'm going to warn you. There's a song that will get stuck in your head. Wow. And you don't want it there. Okay. 
Uh, so be on guard for that. Okay. And I mean, are you, you watch Mad Men? You just haven't yeah. seen. It. Okay. They jump ahead a few years, so um, that took me. They always jump ahead a few years. Yeah. Well, they did. They've done it again. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And that that was a little jarring, mm-hmm. just because it's like a very different era all of a sudden. Um, but I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I watched that. Um, I record Gossip Girl, but I don't watch it anymore. But it, my, my DVR does. How often is it on? Gossip Girl? Like, well, how many episodes is it, like, per season? I, I, you know, I don't know. I feel like we're on the fifth, sixth, or seventh season. Wow. And there's a lot of them. Um, Wait, there was just, I was just thinking of another show that I watch. Well, Facts of Life, I mean, I don't watch that currently because there are no, no new episodes. But that has been my <clears throat> favorite show for a long time. Still? Well, I think I hang on to it for nostalgic reasons. Wow. How does it, it was my favorite show. How has it aged? <sighs> Pretty well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I stumbled over that. Um, you know, it, I mean, obviously when you watch it, it looks like a really old show. And it is hugely a nostalgic thing for me. But when I watch the old episodes, I'm actually uh, taken aback by how they dealt with a lot of issues. And there was a lot more going on than I think people give it credit for. Hmm. Because um, there were there were a lot of weighty, no pun, uh, issues in those first few seasons. So yeah, I seem to remember that. Mm-hmm. But is it funny? Like, do you like? Oh yes, I do. Now I don't know if that's because it's me. And how do you get it? Even like they have DVDs. So you have DVDs of it? Oh yes. There's like all the I forget if I'm to the fifth season. I think on the DVDs. How many episodes total do you think there are? Well. Before The Simpsons, it was the longest-running show on NBC. Wow. Um, it had been on for, like, 12 years or something like that. So I don't know how many episodes per season. Man. But there's a lot. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. Joe. But, I remember Joe. Mm-hmm. Nancy McKeon. Yeah. And, jo- and her, in real life, her younger brother, Phil McKeon, was Alice's son on Alice. That's some good trivia. Wow. Right there. Mm-hmm. A little actor. Wait, but I'm now I'm totally blanking on what other shows I watch because there's a lot of other shows that I watch. Oh well, we can circle back to that. Yeah, yeah. That'll keep. Yeah. Um, what did I want to ask you? Well, so how was Real Time with Bill Maher? I loved it. It was great. He's so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I there was really no room to disagree with anyone. Everyone was all kind of on the same side, so to speak. And but he's so funny. I loved it. Here's what I wanted to ask you, though. It seems to me like sometimes when people talk to you about Portlandia, they want to find a political angle to it. Uh-huh. And is there one? No. But you you can find anything in anything. Yeah. But if people draw it back to politics, that's fine. I don't care. But, like, um, I don't think that's where we're coming from, really. Mm-hmm. It's sort of almost non-political. Right. It's just... Stories and, and relationships and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because wasn't he kind of saying that? Unless I, I just rem- burped. Did you hear that? Sorry. I did. <laughs> I did. But I feel like if they did, they. Sorry. Oh no, Gary's saying no. So now this is a phantom burp it, that it we're was, talking about. It was a gentle, yeah, not yeah. a not a real one. Right. Oh, he's saying we'll cut it out. No, leave the burp in. You've got to leave yeah, it. I in. bet you won't it's even organic. hear it. I bet you won't even hear it. What are you looking at over there? 
I was looking at squinting. that hat over the globe. Oh, yeah. That was That is done by hand with a Bic pen by a fan. It Isn't is that ex- pretty neat? It is extremely intricate. It's very cool. Wow. Um, we have very artistic yeah. fans. That's awesome. So, Fred, trees, yeah. before you were a famous comedian, you were a famous drummer. I was not a famous drummer. Well, you were a drummer. I was a drummer. Now, but I'm still a drummer. I'll never not be a drummer. But did you feel like, and I'm sure you get this question before, but you haven't gotten it from me before, so hence it is special. Did you feel like you had to prove yourself in terms of being able to do comedy and improvising and all that stuff, having not come from, the, let's say, the groundlings or something like that? Oh, did I feel like I had to prove myself? Um, that's not about... Or did people have a different... Did people it's react not about, strangely to you since you didn't have that history? No, people... I mean, I guess they reacted strangely, but that was just their reaction. They would just say, like, in interviews and stuff, like, oh, so you don't come from it. Or, like, maybe the people I worked with on Saturday Night Live would say, like, oh, you didn't come from comedy. But I, it was never a matter of having to prove myself. That's just a, a life thing. Like, I just wanted to succeed. Mm-hmm. You know? It had nothing to do with proving myself. It was... My background was irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Um, Garth and Cat. Yeah? How does that work? It's always made up. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, I, I, I'll just come up with a song and Kristen follows it or tries to follow it. How did you guys first realize you could do that? Though? Oh, we kept – that was just a thing we kept doing in the hallways. Okay. Like that is literally – that's the – a good example of like just hanging out with your friend, making up jokes, and then, hey, why don't we do it on the show? Mm-hmm. But w- I would see her and I'd be like, you know that song? And she would like sing along to it. So if anyone is listening and they don't know Garth and Cat, this is a bit you guys do on Saturday Night Live where you both sing along to the same song that you're making up as you, as you go. Yeah, but we keep saying that like, oh, we really rehearsed this yeah. song. And it's hilarious. Lot. And it looks like you guys are having a lot of fun while you do it. Yeah, it's the, it's the most fun ever. Should we take a phone call? If, if there are any. There are. There are some. Let's go to Randy. And I think that Randy has a question for me, and you can chime in. Well, howdy there. Hi, um, Randy. I was actually haven't seen you in quite a while. I used to watch you uh, when you were on Red Eye and then when you had your own little show on Ustream. Thank you. And I haven't seen you in quite a while. And I was just wondering, are you still with your folks? <laughs> Uh, yes, the question is, do I still live with my parents? Um, no, I, I no longer do. I moved out, uh, and now I live up in Hollywood, closer to my job, because commuting from Orange County to Glendale was sucking the life force out of me. Yes, but we have so much wonderful places in, around here in Orange County. Oh, you live in Orange County? Yes. Where in Orange County are you? Actually, in Orange. Oh, okay. Are you near the Orange Circle? I'm just on the outskirts edge. Um, I'm living by Oh Tustin Avenue and Fair. Wait, no, don't, don't. You don't want to say exactly where you live because people will come and they will do stuff. They'll do well, bad yes, stuff, Randy. Uh, you don't know what kind of world we're living in. That's true. That's true. Although I just gave a general location, and true. Uh, you would almost have to know um, 
Orange County even begin to get a grasp on uh, that location. It's true. Well, Randy, thank you for calling. Um, and I'm going to move on. And as I okay, bye, Randy. Thanks. Well, bye, y'all. <laughs> I need to say something to the listeners, which is. I want to make it clear that I did not continuously live at home from the time I was a child up until October. I went away to college, and then I came back for a couple years and did not live at home with my parents. And then I was in New York for 10 years, and then I moved back, and I moved back, and I was living down in Orange County until I found a place up here, and I took a little bit of extra time to do that. If you happen to be an adult who's living at home again, though, I think that is okay, and don't let other people make you feel bad about it, like me, with my need to explain that I'm not doing that. Fred, have you lived with your parents recently? Not recently, no. It's been quite a while. How great for you. How was it when you did live at home? It was fine. They're nice. Mm -hmm. Nice to me. Gave me a lot of freedom. I had nothing against it. You get along with your parents? I do. Good. Yeah. Let's talk to Matt. He's from Portland. Matt? Hey. Hello. What's up, best friend? Um, you know, the huge. How are you doing? I'm good. I had a question. Do you live with your parents? <sighs> I just moved back five no, minutes I'm ago. Kidding. I know. <laughs> um my question was I live with my parents, by the way. Do you really? Good. But um, See, I want to do stand-up. Okay. Or, I don't know, I guess media entertainment. I'm not sure. And so I was really actually excited that Fred, hey, Fred. Hello. You got that show, Portlandia. Yeah. Is it still going on? It's still going on. My friends love it. Oh, good, I good. I like it, too. That's okay. You don't, <laughs> you don't have to actually, love it. I don't, maybe I, that would, I'll try to go into this. Uh, Is there any way... That anybody from the Portland area can try out for the show? I think there is a way. There's some... I think when they start casting, the general casting company, like we we sort of outsource that, they put out an ad. And I think it's everywhere because everyone seems to sign up for it. But I think like if you go to whatever local venue or forum there is for that, there you'll see something and they'll say, hey, Portlandia is looking for extras. And then... Then that's that's and it's we we do it pretty straight ahead. It's just auditions and stuff, you know. But would it be like specific for the show, or just kind of in general? No, they they do change it up. So like they'll be like, we're look. I think I think it's like the way we're looking for people who look like they ride motorcycles, or we look, you know, something for an audience for a concert or a picnic. Like I think they do get specific, but then. You know, we we have so many sketches that there's always something. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, what I guess I wanted to get into was how can someone start from nothing and then, you know, what would be the path? It's it's to, uh, I don't, it's remarkably. You had to be a drummer. It, it's remarkably easy. I it, 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 it's re- remarkably easy, like. The answer is that there is no answer. There's no such thing as a path to get anywhere. It's like... Well, it's funny because I know you, you did a, like a sketch on how everybody does uh, the DJ night. Right. I, I got plenty of friends like that. Right. And he's actually a club promoter. Right. And he wanted me to do stand-up. 
And I was thinking about doing it, but then also I was thinking, like, oh, I mean, is this going to do anything for me? Do you really have to do just don't do Don't do something. Maybe at least don't, for experience? Don't do anything you don't want to do. If that doesn't sound like a fun time, it's like it's a thing of, like, if you if there's a club that you like to go to where you see a lot of stand-up and you want to be part of it, or if your friends ha- do it and you're just like, I want to be part of this. Did that, you have friends that... Yeah, to, I, I I mean I could get a bunch of friends that would come with me and maybe yeah, talk just, some laughs. But yeah, well don't you know don't at first don't worry if there's no, not any laughs. Just do it because you're building from it. You know what I mean? Just start at at the bottom, and that's kind of very, actually very liberating. Like you know you're at you know you're at square one. Let's see if you get a reaction about anything, and then keep in mind what worked, what didn't work. What did you enjoy doing? What made sense? What didn't make sense? And then you do another one, and then you do another one, and you do it only because you love it. It's the equivalent of playing the guitar. You do it because you love it. You know, and the things okay. that you don't like, if there's clubs you don't like, this club is too, you know, too many drinkers there, then don't go there. Just make your life fun. Were you sort of immune to failure, though? Or did, I, mean, I, did you I, down? I, for some reason, I like... <laughs> Failure is not care. I don't care. I don't care about failure because it all is part of an experience and I don't care. Like I enjoy my surroundings. You know what I mean? In some ways, I would say that being in a band, there are many levels of that work that were a complete failure. We played empty, empty bars all the time. But I was with my friends. Is this where you wish you were a drummer instead of a comedian? What? Do you wish you were a drummer instead of a comedian? No, no, never. No, I'm happy where I'm at. But like, Did you start with uh, maybe in the band? I don't... Yeah, I, 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 I started in... I, I haven't yet seen her do stand-up. Or mm-hmm. actually, I might have saw some YouTube videos. Yeah, um, that, that's near the here nor there. Sort of Matt, I'm going like to have to awkwardly cut you off. A phenom. But Allison, what about you? Were you nervous? Did you do a lot of writing? Cause part- it didn't work well. <laughs> wait, 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 Aww. wait! Put him on again. Is he still yeah. on? Let's just t- look. Look, are you still there? Is he still there? Yeah. yeah. Listen, listen, listen! Don't worry about questions. No one has any answers. All it is is just go where, just go whatever seems fun. Find friends that that laugh at what you do, and then that's all you need to know. There's no rule book. There's no right or wrong ever. There's no right or wrong. Just go have a good time. Enjoy. Going to a nice place, a cafe, where they'll let you do some time on a microphone or not. And just have good people around you. That's all. There's no answers. There's zero. Did you do any clubs in Portland? I have done clubs in Portland, but it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. I've also not done clubs in Portland. Well, would that mean that like, I would have to move Matt. somewhere? To kind of dude, dude, Matt, 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 calm down. <laughs> calm down. I'm not laughing with you. Matt, calm down. You're already there. If you like comedy, just go, I made it. Just go do it. Just go do it. It's so... I got to tell you something. It's actually easy. It's easy. Yeah. Did you start? <laughs> it doesn't... <laughs> Matt, Matt, my beginning was so insane that it, make, it will make no sense to you. Let's talk to Philip. I understand. His life is falling apart. I, I wasn't yelling at him. I was just telling him oh, that, that, that sometimes people become their own worst enemies. They overthink things. Yeah. I'm like, sure. don't overthink it. Just go do it or not do it. Do you it. ever overthink things, though? Because I, I, I actually, 
My yes. friends have a name for what I do, rosinating, which is where I become Matt. Well, no, that's not true. I don't. Okay, I've done it on Portlandia. We've we've tried to think of sketches, and I overthink it, and then someone will say to me like, "Hey, chill out. Mm-hmm. You know, take a step back. This should be a simple sketch." Well, that's actually something I wanted to ask you. Um, on the Fresh Air interview, you mm-hmm. were saying that with Thunder Ant, which was the the duo you and Carrie, uh-huh. where you guys were doing um, just videos, yeah. right? Yeah. Before you had the show, but was sort of the inspiration or the way, yeah, the inspiration for. Portlandia is that an yeah. accurate way to say it? Um, that you didn't feel pressure to be funny. Yeah. So do you f- now? Is that something that's constantly in your head with Portlandia? A bit more, a bit more. There's there's a bigger audience, so mm-hmm. yeah, we've got to think about being entertaining. I don't subscribe to like, no, it doesn't matter. Like, right. We do things have to have endings. We do labor over it. It's not easy. We work really hard on endings, and it's a drag. <laughs> How much? It's full on work. How much uh, is it written out? Like, how much of a script do you guys work with? We do, like, a blueprint. hmm This sketch is going to be about selling old clo- your old clothes to a, s- a clothing store and how they make fun of you. hmm So it's kind of there. When you go in, it's kind of like this. When you leave, it's like this. And then maybe there's a few exchanges. It's that kind of thing. But then when we get there, the actual dialogue is all made up. Right. And how do you guys find guest stars? We text them. Or we go through agents, mm-hmm. you know, like if they're super famous and like we just like them, that's all agents. It's like, oh, we got them. They're right. going to they're gonna show up. But sometimes Carrie knows a few people. I know a few people. And I just say, hey, we can you come on Thursday? And are are you always sure that this person will work out? Like, you... no, you never know. I mean, usually it does. Everyone's worked out. Mm hmm. There's some scheduling things that are, can be prohibitive. Right. No, I, I don't mean in that way, though. I mean, like, here's this this famous person, and now they're on your show, and now they have to be funny. Oh, it always works. That's just... It, it, I guess you guys wouldn't select someone that you didn't think could be funny. Yeah, and it's so... Yeah, it always works out. It's just it doesn't... There's enough surround... I mean, we haven't come to that problem. Right. And then... What I love about the show is that, and I'm, you probably get this all the time, but I'll be watching and I'll be like, oh, yeah, that, that is totally a thing. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't realized it really, like putting a bird on it or all the, you know, all the, the things that you guys lampoon on there. It just makes me realize how much that you've definitely identified something in culture. Um, but how, how do you figure out what you want to do a sketch about? And do you guys both equally bring in ideas? Yeah, we both bring in ideas. Then later in the process, there's some other writers. And, you know, you just feel it in the room. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you guys think this would be a good sketch idea? Yes. Or I like, no, we don't know what you're talking about. And both of those things have happened. Um, I think now we should do a segment on my show, which, by the way, in terms of... Over- those are the only phone calls? No, we have another one. I feel bad about Matt, but well, that was his name, right? Yeah. But you know, I wanted him to go out and I wanted to encourage him. He was discouraging himself. I know. He was. I was getting discouraged by him. Yeah. He was getting more nervous yeah, as yeah. it went on. Do you think he's funny, though? Because I didn't. Funny doesn't matter. To do stand up and some comedy? People, some people do things that are like not quite comedy. Yeah. You know? It's true. He could be entertaining in a yeah. weird way. I'll tell you something. If he performed at a club, where he, way, like where he you just know how he asked can, questions, yeah, 
I'd actually think like I saw this crazy guy. All I did was ask questions. And he could just be himself. He could be himself. And then if he did five minutes of that, I, I can honestly say that would be better than someone trying to do jokes. That's true. Matt, if you're still listening, which that, you Matt, will be when you download this episode. Matt, maybe when you download this, this episode. Be you. Do your act should be just asking questions and that'll be entertaining. Now, would he try to answer them himself or would he just string them together? I say string them together. I'm already irritated. But and I'm not sure it, it's in an entertaining but way. But I think I think it would be funny. Okay. It could be a statement about something. Yeah. Our inquisitive nature. Or maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll start. Maybe you should do it. Yeah. We do have Philip <clears throat> from San Jose, and he has a question about what to do with the fact that he is friends with his ex and she's starting mm-hmm. to date someone. Philip? Hey, hello. Hello. What's going I on? I uh, sorry to interrupt, uh, huge fan, first time caller, huge fan of Fred. Yeah. Um, if I ramble a lot, it's okay, <laughs> it's a problem. But um, basically, Isn't that us supposed um, to say that? so uh, me and my girlfriend, well, ex-girlfriend, we had a fabulous dating relationship, lasted about three years um, throughout high school. I ended things because... I felt like it was getting really serious, and I knew, uh, I had that feeling where, okay, I want to marry this girl and go all the way, but I didn't want to be, but, you know, I was starting, I was becoming 21, I didn't want to be the guy to regret being with the same person through my young years and my 20s, so that was why I ended things with her, and I thought I was doing the right thing by myself and by her because just to release any form of regret in the future. Now, um, what has happened is, you know, we went through the, we went through the motions of not talking to each other and then we started becoming friends and, uh, long story short, uh, came out to me that she was feeling comfortable dating again and talking to guys and, you know, I was trying to be as objective as possible, so I was like, oh, okay, you know, I didn't think anything would come of it, because we've had conversations where she does still want to be with me, I still want to be with her, and eventually we do want to get back together and do the whole thing. But, so, um, wait, how long, guy, were you, how long have you been um, broken up? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, how long have you been broken up? Um, when did you guys break up? We broke up... About a year and a half ago. And, and what's the problem? Uh, the problem is uh, she told me now she's, she's seeing this guy and things are getting pretty serious. Um, she, you know, it, it, I know are some you, of the details and I, I don't know how to handle it. Are you know? still in love with her? Is that the thing? Like you don't want, you want to be with her and you don't want her to be dating someone else? I, yeah, if I had to say so, I would say that'd be, that, that would be it. Because I, I want to be back with her, but... I would, I feel like I need to be single because I'm young in my twenties, and you know I, I really don't know. I think how you, I, I think how to fully explain myself in this situation. It, I, I think I, so I think about everything. even though it's difficult, I think you might have to respect her space to let her do that. You know, and then yeah. hope hope for something maybe in the future. You never know what's going to happen in the future. There's plenty of time. But it, it's going to hurt a little bit, but I would say you might just have to respect it and be her friend and say, you know, good luck. And that's, uh, un, you know, I, I was going to say unfortunately, but I would say fortunately, that's kind of, at least you're on good terms with her. That's kind of a nice thing, you know? Yeah. 
Well, the thing, well, what's tricky about it is uh, since we've become friends again, we're starting to be physical again. Ooh. So that makes things sticky. Right. I, you know, as uh, it's understanding, but so we've been physical pretty much consistently since we started becoming friends again. Oh, that's complicated. And she's getting serious with someone else while she is hooking up with you. Is that right? Yes. Well, only to my extent, all she's told me, she's verbally told me that it's just like light petting and making out but she says she feels like she knows she doesn't want to she knows it's not going long term with this guy but for her she feels like her only two choices are to either sleep with the guy or date him that sounds i can't advise i can't advise because it sounds too it's too complicated for me like i'm I'm, i don't know these people so i'm like it sounds i mean i think many people go through it but yeah you guys have a lot of talking to do, probably. Philip, have you dated anyone else since you guys broke up? No, I haven't. Um, currently now, I just, if I were to do any form of dating, it would be like very, very casual without a title. But I've met plenty of girls, and it's just for whatever reason, I can't make it, I can't just get things going. Well, and I'll tell you why you can't, because you're still involved with your ex. And I think that you made the decision that you guys should break up because you didn't want to only be with one person through your young years. And I think that you should, I think you should follow through on that decision. If you felt it strongly enough at the time, then I think you should get out there and maybe date other people or decide that you're in love with her and be with her. Because right now, both of you guys are doing this thing where you're drawing you have a connection to each other and you're being physical with each other but you're saying that you're not together and you're drawing other people well you're not as much but other people are being drawn into it and i just think there's like real connections can't really be forged under these circumstances because everyone's kind of hedging their bets and it's getting really complicated and messy. So I think it's sort of a shit or get off the pot situation. Like either decide you guys are going to give it a go again and be together or really take a break and allow yourselves to meet other people. I mean, you're, you're young. So I would say do the latter, but I don't know. Okay. And instead of taking a break, you mean, you mean like sever all connection and let her do her thing? So I think, I don't get... yeah. I mean, I I honestly think that you can be friends with an ex in time, but at the beginning, you do as hard as it is. I think a clean break really helps because otherwise, it's just too easy to not really get over the person and to and to have that hope. And the the fastest way to make it so that you would be in a position where you actually would be open to someone else is to have a, have some time away from the person and to truly be able to move beyond it. So if you guys both really want to give it a go with dating other people, I think you really need to take a, a break from each other, like no contact. Right. I know that's hard, but that's what I would recommend. Okay, you're you're right, you're right, because I really have no one to talk to about this, because no one actually knows the details. As far as everyone knows, we haven't had any contact, but, of course, I've been keeping it under wraps. So yeah. I would take blame for that, but... So I need to talk to a third party 
So you were, you were, I, I definitely agree with everything you're saying. You actually helped me a lot. All right. Well, good luck and hang in there. And, Thanks and, a lot. And also, you know how you, like, you haven't talked to anyone about it? It's okay to talk to people about it. You know, you might get more help from people around you. You'd be surprised how common. You don't have to feel so alone. I think that's probably pretty common. Mm-hmm. Well, I, what I'm so worried about it is, is everyone, or well, at least on my end, that I would talk to about it, they're so opinion, opinionated about the situation. But, fine, but maybe there's a good friend so, who isn't so opinionated. Maybe there's like one person, maybe not, I don't know. But sometimes you do find that one person who can really, won't give you a hard time about it. Right. Okay, I'll definitely put this in effect. And thank, thanks again, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Gary, did you have something? Or now am I just putting you in an uncomfortable situation? God, you're good no, at that. No, I was just going to I was gonna jump in. and it, it sounded like it was one of those situations where during the breakup, you tell all of your close friends things that you can never turn around and go back on. So right. Now, right. You know, they all view this chick as negative. So, right, know. right. You know, I, I'm going to ask Fred a question because I'm still thinking about this. On our most recent episode with uh, James Gunn, there was a caller who called in. He was 15 years old. Uh, and he had a crush on his best friend, a girl. And he felt like he wanted to tell her. Mm-hmm. And James was like, yeah, you definitely should tell her. Because, you know, if if you want to be the kind of guy who dates a lot of women, then you have to get over this idea that it matters what her response is going to oh, be. interesting. It was really interesting. That's it was really kind of liberating. And it was completely opposite to what I was thinking, which yeah. is, and I actually said this, I feel like because of movies we have this idea that if you like someone, just tell them. Mm-hmm. But, it, but the truth is that in real life, I think, more often than not, when you tell them, they already knew. And then it makes things weird, and then you regret telling them maybe. And so I had my, my, my instinct or my gut reaction was to be much more sort of playing it close to the vest and a little more, like, protected about it. And yet I'm not sure that's right either. Like, I do think that there is something to this idea that the stakes aren't so high, you know? Right. If you like someone, tell them, and maybe they don't like you back, and, like, that's okay. Yeah. What do you think? What's your philosophy I like that? that. There's another good reason for that is sometimes if you – say it it becomes less of a big burden like a big monster to yourself like Mm -hmm. when you say you're like oh that's all that i was like so nervous about saying yeah so what you know like it's not that it's okay it's just it's just a crush or whatever so it kind of deflates it a little bit which is nice because then that's done and that tension Mm -hmm. i think the tension is the thing that I think you're right. You know, once that's the ten, all that tension is gone, it's like, well, okay, well, then, right. Now we actually have to talk about something. Yeah, I, and I think the times of my life where I've done that, it's never gone as I wanted it to. Right. But I don't actually. I mean, at the time, I might have regretted it, maybe a little. Well, no, maybe I didn't. But it always helped get me to the next phase of life a little faster. Because in not telling someone, you're hanging on to like, I want to keep the status quo. Right. I want to keep. I mean, this is when I was much younger. I want to keep hanging out with you in this platonic but flirty way. And then when I get alone with my friends, I will tell them everything you said and then we'll figure out what it means. That's what I used to do. Hmm. And how'd that work out for you? <laughs> well, that's what my friends came up with the term rosinating. That's what Dr. Phil always says. How's that working out for you? Yeah. Dr. Phil. That Sorry, guy. Sorry, I didn't to bring him up. Didn't no, it's okay. Um, it's Dr. Phil that I'm talking about, actually. <laughs> Love him. Um, it yeah, does make you, it does help you move on a little bit because when you get the answer that's like, oh, I don't think this is really going to happen. Right. 
then something inside you does kind of change. You're like, well, all right, that's that. Mm -hmm. I'll always really like you, but apparently it's not that mutual. Right. So it's kind of a, not a relief, but you do, part of you does start steering away. Yeah. What, can, I, can I weigh in on this? Yes, please. Okay. I listened to that call a couple times while I was editing it mm -hmm. because what I took away from it at the end was that I wish somebody had tapped me on the shoulder when I was 15 or 16 and told me that. And I definitely wouldn't have listened at 15 or 16 because my high school was small. And if that hadn't worked out, it would have, you know, I would have had to move or something. <laughs> right. But once I got into college where there was, you know, I went to a big college, there's 40,000 people everywhere. Like if I had had the knowledge that, you know, the worst thing that can happen is somebody said no. I mean, I, I guess I, I sort of knew that. But if somebody older had told me that, it would have been invaluable. Mm -hmm. Because it, then it's just, you know, kind of a numbers game. It's just, mm. you know, whoever you find attractive or you, you think you might be good with, you tell them. And if they say no, it's like, great, well, try again. And one out of every however many is going to hit. Right. And that, I think for a guy, a young guy, that's, that's good advice, I think. Yeah. Did you get that kind of good advice? What were you, what was your young dating life like? I didn't I didn't start as early as I would have liked to have. Mm -hmm. um, so I started a little late, like last year in high school, beginning of college. Um, I didn't get any advice or any good advice. I could have used it. Were you a late bloomer? I was a late bloomer. I was a frustrated late bloomer. Like, I wanted to date more, but I just didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. What were you like in high school? Uh, friendly. I was a punk. I mm -hmm. had, like, a mohawk and loved music. Did you put egg whites in it, or what did you use to No, sometimes it? you could put soap in it. Oh, dry, interesting. Like, get just a bar of soap and right. just kind of, like, spike it up. But I, I played music with my friends. I had really good friends who I loved very much and still do, and... I I enjoyed my teenage years a lot. Mm -hmm. I look back on them fondly. I was I had, I had a really good time. Do you feel like um, is there any chunk of your life where you feel like oh those were like the best days? Because I no present present today, and I, and I know it sounds like hokey and spiritual or, or whatever, but like I, for some reason my life keeps getting better and better. For some reason I don't know what it is, and it's like I, everything. Is more the way I want it. So all of a sudden. That's great. It's just I, that's insane. Awesome. Like I used to like love Sleater Kinney a long time ago. And then I, but I wanted to be on TV. And then now I get to do both together at the mm -hmm. same time and get to be on. I, I love doing comedy. I feel lucky to do comedy even for a minute. I feel lucky all the time. And then. My days here in L.A., I'm in, you know, it's like it's it's a dream. So I I think these this feels like the most exciting day. How did you meet Carrie? But did I interrupt a point of yours? I feel like I, I kind of just forged ahead with what I was saying. I like that you did that. Okay. I admire that. All right. You I feel keep like I interrupted forging. you. I, I don't think it was anything um, good that okay. I can't come back to. So, yeah, how did you meet Carrie with him? You do Portlandia, Carrie of Slater Kinney. Um, we had some mutual friends. Mm -hmm. And then maybe 2003, uh, we'd known about each other a little bit. I mean, but then um, I just invited her to an SNL, Saturday Night Live party. Mm -hmm. And then she came, and 
I knew the drummer for Sleater Kinney, Janet. But I met Carrie, and it was an instant thing. Like, I just, it was very strange. I really did think, like, oh, this is my friend. And then we were friends. And I'd go visit her, and she was just an instant friend and, and very close. Was there ever any ambiguity about your relationship? No, it was definitely, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And that's been the DNA of the relationship since day one, and it's still like that. And that's the, the, the reason it's lasted. Now, here's where I awkwardly insert myself into that story. Um, I saw you in New York at this... I I mentioned this to you uh, Mm -hmm. like a year ago. um, At that restaurant, Mexican Radio, during CMJ. Okay. We were both at the same function. Right. And I realized... And you were there with Carrie, I think. Oh, that makes sense. And I think that that must have been shortly after you guys met each other if you met in 2003, because I think that's around when that was. Oh, then that might be right. Mm Mm-hmm. I was there for all of it. Yeah. But just for that one night. And yeah. uh, we didn't talk because I yeah. didn't actually know you. But anyway, how crazy is that? That's I mean, pretty. It's crazy, but it's also that. it makes some sense. Yeah, it does. Also, when you were on the Adam Carolla show a year ago, you and I bonded over the fact that neither of us had had general anesthesia and we were both afraid of it. Yeah. Well, guess what? I have since faced that fear. What happened? I had to have some. Um, this is a. This is a not interesting story, which I've told too many times on the show. But I'll tell it again. I had to have some ovarian cysts removed. Uh-huh. Um, and they have to do that under general. Wow. So, yeah. And I, this is what I can say about that. Because everyone was like, oh, you'll love it. I didn't love it. Um, and it was not as, like, I thought it would be like, or I had come to accept that it's sort of like, like the lights being turned off and turned back on. That's consciousness. But it really wasn't. It was more like there was some flickering and it was really, I mean, not flicker, not like once I was out, I, uh, I didn't wake up during it or anything, which I, 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 stories like that. I don't think they're true. I guess what I mean is, um, as I was coming to afterwards, it was just really surreal and weird and, Sort of like, you know that feeling when you're waking up from a dream, everything begins to just make a little more sense as you become more and more awake from that moment where when, you, when you're when you first like becoming awake, everything seems weird. Um, it was like the, the more awake I got, the more surreal everything felt because I just felt like I was like, I, I felt like I was, I could feel them kind of like the first uh, like ting, tingles of consciousness that I had after as I was coming to afterwards, I felt like they moved me onto a gurney or onto a table or off the table or something. And then I was sort of like just really out of it. And I was in a a lot of pain and I felt like I was um, like naked at a party. Imagine that feeling of like, just very like I am, I'm too vulnerable to be in public right now. Like, and I just, I kept trying to sort of figure, piece things together. I, but I, I knew that I was, had just had surgery and I knew that I was waiting to find out like what they had found in there because they didn't exactly know what they were going to find. But I wasn't curious enough to want to find out right away. Like my, beforehand, I was so afraid of that moment where I wake up and then I find out like, was it cancer or what was it and how, how will I find out fast enough? And instead it was like, 
I opened my eyes and it was, I, I've said before, it was sort of like knowing that there's an email in your computer that you want to read, but you're just like too lazy to go to it. Like I knew that I wanted this, an- that there was an answer waiting for me, but wow. I just didn't care enough to go find it. Um, and then also, the, here's the weird thing though. Um, like everything I said, there were a lot of curse words in what I was saying. I would hear myself and I was like, it's so weird that at this like very, like unevolved sort of sub level of consciousness, I'd be like, I want to get the fuck out of here. Like I'm, I, I just kept saying bad words. <laughs> it's almost like Tourette's. I mean, not really, but it, it's that was weird to me. I was well, like, why maybe, am I so crass? Because it's not that you're crass. I think you're just censoring yourself less. Yeah, that's all. Maybe I think. I think you're probably right. Yeah, and I think I was spe- yeah speaking from a like not a lot of. Not a lot of cognitive function controlling right. what I'm saying, like what you're saying. It was just these very sort of like short sentences of statements about like, you know, I think I'm ready to go. And but what, it was and what the were the results of, of the test? Oh, it was the, uh, it, it, no cancer or anything. In, uh, I, it's endometriosis, which is something that a fair amount of women have, um, where some of the uterine tissue starts growing on other organs and stuff. But it can cause infertility. But luckily... Um, my tubes were beautifully clean, is what they said. So I'll be able to have babies someday. Oh, great! And tell them this wonderful story. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So, or they think I will be. So, yeah, it was all really good news. Um, and if I ever have to have general anesthesia again, I won't be nearly as afraid of it. So, so yeah. if you ever have to have it, I would say don't be afraid. But if people tell you that it'll just be like on off, they're they're lying to oh. you. Knock on wood. Yeah. So here's a question that someone emailed me. It has mm. to do with a dog. Mm. And I think that we should help this person. I hope it's not too late. Allison, my wife's ex came to our house last night and our boxer mix, Blake, got out of his harness and attacked him. This was the third time he's gone after him in two years. This time an ER visit was needed to get the arm checked out. Nothing serious, but still needed doctor care. I took some collateral damage to my fingers and forearm, but once separated, the dog didn't come after me. Blake is such a sweet dog in the house and won't attack family members, but it was very difficult for the two of us to wrestle the dog down and stop the attack. My wife thinks it's time to put him down, but the thought of it breaks my heart. What do I do? I think we could start muzzling him when he's around people, but I know if he went after someone who's not understanding, we could be in serious trouble. Logically, I know it's best for him to go, but emotionally, he's my three-year-old rescue who was abused at some point but is always so loving to us, but we're scared of how he can react around others. Thanks, and the podcast is great. And he signed it, uh, his name, which uh, I'm going to say is Max, even though it's not. Max, who really just wants someone to tell him what he wants to hear. What do you, I have an opinion about what he should do. What do you think? Putting a dog down, there's no reason for that. Yeah. Um, I, the part that's puzzling to me is the very beginning, that it got out of something, a cage, did you out say? Out of his harness. Yeah, well, that's got to change. I mean, right. Like it's when people are around, uh, he's got to be... Yeah, in a harness or in a different part of the house or just definitely separated. I mean, it's an animal, so that's what has to happen. And I think they should consult some kind of dog trainer. Absolutely. Some kind of dog whisperer, Cesar Milan type person who has experience working with aggressive animals. Absolutely. Yeah. It exists. And yeah, and do that soon before your dog kills someone. Yeah. See, I like little dogs. I like big dogs that are trained, but big dogs that are not trained scare me because, you know, a lot of things scare me. 
including the You're idea. You're a scared person. I'm kind of a, yeah, but you know, but so strong inside. <laughs> except except mm-hmm. also kind of like jello. I think we should do Just Me or Everyone, which is a segment we do on this show. And someone on iTunes said, this show is good if you like segments, which was, um, they meant it in a, this show's not good and I don't like segments way. But I like segments. So to them I say... um, Thanks for paying attention and thanks for writing. Thanks for writing about it. No, that's not really what I say. No, but you should. I know. Like, thank you. Whatever attention you want to pay to it. Is that your attitude towards the haters? Yeah, I love it. Do you have it. them? I, I'm uh, very disciplined in not looking at comments. Ooh, I'm, this is what I need I'm to hear. I'm really, really, I'm actually, it's, I've got such a good discipline. How? Where did you get it? Because I'm very, like, um I want to make my days good. No, I, I go like, I, if I see an article, I physically stop where, where the comments start. I go, oh, don't need to see it. And all of a sudden, my day is better. God, I start where the comments start. Stop. I just stop it. Um... Everyone writes bad comments about everybody, so join the club, you know? I try to keep that in mind. Like, I'll look at anyone else who has a number of followers on Twitter, say, and then I'll look at some of their at replies, and I'm like, oof, vicious. Everybody. That's awful. Your heroes. Look up your heroes, and even there, you're like, what? You're going to say something bad about a person? You're out of your mind. So it's great. It's like, let it become white noise. How how did you, did, did it not start that way for you, though? It did not. At first, I was like, what is yeah. this? Okay. And that was troubling. And, and it took a bit of work. Mm-hmm. It took a little bit like, let's do this, let's do this. And then uh, eventually, it takes a little while, you just make it a rule. Okay, this is good. I'm a caller. I'm calling into the show that you're on, and I'm asking your advice. How do I not, how do I get to the point where this doesn't upset me? Because right now, I was actually just talking about this on the Adam Carolla show earlier. I was saying that it's like the this this the negative stuff just sits in my head and is yeah. is bringing me distress and I'm well aware that I should be able to control it or do something about it because I'm giving it way too much importance. We're well, giving it too much power. Yeah. Picture, say you, you re, see an article or something or whatever, or there's a place where there's going to be comments like the message boards that I yeah. go to. <laughs> whatever it is, picture yourself five minutes later. Do you want to feel good or do you want to feel bad? And you just go like, yeah. like I, I could know. shut this down and I'll feel good. Just try it. Believe me, I know no, it's hard. No, I know. Just you can actually you could do it. You could just right because you never what you never feel good afterwards. The best no. you feel is not bad. Right, and that's even that is rare to walk oh, away you see feeling good not bad, and you just keep going to find something bad. Yes, just, but you'd be surprised if you say I'm going to do it. You just do it. You click. You go ah, what a that what a cool picture. That's great. I'm done. Click. And then it actually works. You're like, oh, that was it. Now, assume that the first comment's going to be horrible, and then go. I don't. I don't feel like having a bad day today. Now, what about the part of you that's like, I want to know what they're saying, though. I don't care. Yeah. I don't yeah. care. I don't care. What, just. You're right because it's yeah. My assumption is it'll be good and bad, and then great for the good ones, and then it just. You know, because I don't think anything good comes from tailoring your performance or your show or your whatever no. to appease the comments, and that's what I've started realizing. Because when I'm choosing news stories to do on the Adam Carolla show, I'll look at a story and I'll be like, oh, I'm gonna get all sorts of comments if I do that. And it's like, no, it's then a bad I way stop myself and I think I can't. Like, I'm not doing a show for these five people that hate me no matter what. I'm doing a show for 
all, you know, the rest of everyone that's not commenting yeah. or that is. So I know that I, it actually, if I give it too much power, then I'm in danger of fucking with something that people are enjoying. And yeah. I don't want to do that. But I actually, and I've had this, unfortunately, I've had this realization a lot and a long time ago. And it's funny that I'm still in this, or that I'm back in this place. But I realize that it's like, I've been in relationships where, like unhealthy ones, where you get to the point where you're like, this whole whole enterprise is leaving me in a worse place than if it wasn't in my life. Like as hard as it is to walk away from this person, every time I see them, I feel a little worse than before. And the only thing that makes me feel, for, for me, in the fucked up relationships I was in, is like the only thing that makes me feel better is seeing them again. And then it's like, it's just this bad, really bad pattern. Yeah. And that's kind of what reading these comments is like. It's like something that you can identify in your life that is a, an unhealthy behavior. I have yeah. to get rid of it. It's also boring. Just the comments are all kind of the same. Yeah. They have the same tone. It's never well done. It's it's just like it's actually dull, just like the way people write. And you've got to be a very special kind of loser to write a negative comment. Mm-hmm. That means you've got nothing going on in your life that you're like, that's what you're gonna do. Yeah, I don't understand. The, the things it. I hate the most, I would never, I would never write a comment either way. Maybe I'd write something nice about someone, but no, I yeah, I never. But would something either. you hate, you just ignore. Why write a comment? I don't like this. Or I know, this, and then and mm. then people will be like, "Well, you're just paying attention to them. You're just giving, you know, like this is what they want." But whatever, skip it. Yeah, I'm telling you, it can be done, and it's it's amazing. It feels really good. To be free of the compulsion or to control a compulsion, which is the good feeling. It's like realization that you don't have to do it at all. It's your computer. You can go wherever you want. Just like you don't have to like dwell on something like that. Then just go to like Gizmodo or something and you're like, oh, what a nice day I'm having. What would I do with all my free time though? It does give you a lot of more free time. I want to do that. And you know what? I think I, I think I have to just go cold turkey. I think I have to just start. I just have to pick a day and be like, this is... Don't be... Do, do it a one day at a time thing. Pick a day or pick a night. Like tonight, I'm not going to do that. And then the next day, do it day by day. Yeah. Don't think of it as cold turkey. That, that, then it's you'll be too like... too severe. Too severe. Just tonight. Lukewarm chicken. It's a fun, it's an experiment and you do it and Hot I'm telling you, it's just weird. You just go bloop, and then you just go on to something else, your emails. <laughs> and then, oh, but I, okay. Here's the thing though. Everywhere I, not to be melodramatic, but everywhere I turn there, there is some portal through which negative shit can slip. Such as like people will send me shitty emails. Not that my much. Friends my friends know not to do that. You will see. I, yeah. My email my address is easy to, to find for people. My, yeah. So well, so knowing that, shouldn't your first step be to try to stop seeking it out? Yes. Because then you're still going to get a portion of it that's going to come whether you like it or not. You're right. So maybe your first step, your one day at a time, is to, I'm not going to go to the Mahalo boards today. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't either. <laughs> that's the Adam Crowell message boards. People are vicious. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's, I you, know. You go, you go there out of habit. You don't have to. You just it's turn more away. than habit. It's some. It's it's habit plus compulsion. It's like I have to find out what negative things people think about me. 
or something. It's a, it's something fucked up and like deep and sick within me. I'm I'm aware of this. So it's that, and then when it's not that, it's just like an idol. Like oh, I wonder if anyone thought something I said was funny, and then it's like I mean I don't know. It's fucked up. I've given it too much time already right here and i've wasted your time with it fred see it's okay see what I i've le- done we all learn from it and mm-hmm. i understand it i mean i've done it but i've been i've had a good time since yeah i want to start having better days yeah okay. it works thanks you guys i think we should do just mirror everyone which is a segment we do on the show but first i want to tell everyone about gamefly Gamefly is the video game rental system that delivers to your door and now directly to your PC. See, you could sit in front of your computer playing video games instead of seeking out awful yeah. shit. Over 8,000 games, including new titles like Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 3, Batman Arkham City, and The Elder Scrolls. Uh, delivery right to your home, no late or shipping fees, monthly prices, a fraction of what a new game would cost in stores. So uh, if you enjoy video games, this is like a Netflix for video games. Gamefly. Um, my listeners get a free 15-day trial. Just go to Gamefly.com slash Rosen, and there is a banner on my website, AllisonRosen.com. Do you play video games? Yes. You do? What, what ones do you play? Red Dead Redemption, Grand Theft Auto. Oh. Good taste. Yeah, I love them. Love I, every, I love every Grand Theft Auto. Every single one. Have you seen the trailer for the new one? Not yet. It looks really good. I'd suggest checking it out. It's uh, it's about two minutes long. Looks real, real good. What is it on Rockstar Games? Uh huh. GTA Five. That's that's where to look for the trailer. Yep. Okay. Well, I just started playing Draw Something on my iPad. Do you know about this? It's sort of like Pictionary. Yeah, but you do it with someone, and they're, they're yes. drawing something at the same time, right? Not not exactly at the same time. Like you draw something, and, and then they're, they're you guessing. hit done. Yeah, and then they guess. It's pretty fun. It's yeah. not a real video. It's not video games like you guys are talking about. It's more like video games for people who don't play. It's more like a thing for people who don't play. Doesn't thing for people who don't play video games. It's There's uh, a game. Yeah. You know, just like that. That's my commercial for them. They're not a sponsor, but anyway. Yeah. I still want to. You did mention the iPad. I did. Okay, just me or everyone. This is where we talk about things that we think or do where we wonder, is it just me or does everyone do this? Oh, wow. And, uh-huh. It's intense. We took some uh, submissions over Twitter, and we have a song. So here's the song. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? First, I'm going to go. I have one, which is, I don't know if I do it every night, but pretty frequently... If I'm sleeping in my bed and I can't sleep, I will get up and then I'll go sleep on the couch for a couple hours. And huh. then I'll wake up there and then I'll get up and I'll go back into my bed. And I, like, go back and forth. I'm going to guess that not everyone does that. I don't do that. I don't know why I do it. I started doing it when I lived in Brooklyn. Um, I think that it might have to do with noise that I'm hearing but I'm not aware of. Because I'm a pretty light sleeper. So I think if it gets too noisy in my bedroom, then I'll go to the living room where it's a little quieter. And then if all of a sudden it's noisy there, then I'll go back into my bedroom. Wow. I'll sometimes fall asleep on the couch, but that's just a different story. It's watching TV and you just fall asleep. Yeah. And then once you're back in your bed, you just sleep all the way through the night like a real grown-up? Yeah. Okay. Gary, do you do any weird sleep shit? 
Uh, no, not frequently like that. Um, I've I've done that before. I've woken up and moved to my couch, but that seems dangerous in your new home. Because <laughs> there's of stairs. stairs involved. Yeah. That that seems. I'm I'm not happy with that one. I don't like that one. That scares me. I'm gonna get a call that your neck's broken or something. I, I know. know. I actually I actually slipped on the bottom step the other day and I caught myself before I fell because uh, I was wearing socks and I just just uh, just almost ate it. So now I'm very careful where I step, and I cleaned the the stair really well because I thought maybe it got I don't know, dusty or something. So thank you for your concern. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, here are the just me or everyone's that people sent in on Twitter. I'm trying to figure out where to start. Okay, Chris Taylor asks, I think that's Chris Taylor's show, says, I always put the vinegar on first and the oil on second because I think the oil seals in the vinegar. I think that's just you. Fred? I don't, yeah, I don't know that. that you um, don't have a that one. I, I, uh, that one I've never heard of. Gary? No, never. Never heard such a thing. Okay. Uh, Denial Twister 31 says, Noticing how nice it feels sometimes to sneeze. It's like a nasal, nasal pleasure explosion. I've heard that, but I, I don't know if I agree with it, but I've heard that. Yeah, I don't have any sort of nasal orgasm, but I feel like it's quite a relief. There are definitely times that you sneeze that are more, that, that feel like it's more out of your system than others. Yes. Me. Yes. I don't like the big wind up and then the, yeah. it's like, where did it go? And also, I've noticed that my mom has this habit of, like, I'll do the pre-sneeze, like, uh, and then she'll go, bless you, before I sneeze, and then it makes the sneeze go away. I had to tell her not to do that. Have you guys ever noticed that, that if someone says, bless you, ahead of time, it, like, scares the sneeze away? I've never been discouraged from a sneeze. That's happened to me before, but the one that usually gets me is I sneeze six or seven times in a row. So oh, you're one I'll get, I'll get three bless yous and then I sneeze two more times and I stop and somebody's like fuck off <laughs> like Dawson and Lynch have, have come to that so I don't like when I'm coughing and someone pats you on the back like it's gonna help like right. oh, I'm like that doesn't do anything yeah yeah now have you ever <clears throat> known someone who you like and then you hear them sneeze and then you have to figure out how you actually feel about them like someone who has a sneeze that's cutesy like or not like that was more tolerable than what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the squeaky, like, like. <laughs> Some people sneeze like that, huh? <laughs> like that, like that. I can't remember being Thrown turned by off by that. Yeah. Oh wait, but you know, so you haven't been turned off by it, but so you've known people who beep sneeze. I think so. I've, I've had, or, but my sneeze is so crazy that I, I I'm worried about more about my my subjecting other people to it. What is your sneeze? I like? just hold it in hard. Oh, do you kind of meep beep? No, there's no beep. It's silent. Really? Yeah. How do you do that? I hold my nose. I so do, you don't I sneeze. Do yeah. Like when you need to sneeze, you just hold your nose. Yeah. When I'm around people. In the privacy of your own home, do you sneeze? Then a little more out of my mouth. Are you ever, like, you sneeze in the middle of lunch and you spit food? No, I control it. I don't ever spit food. You're very controlled, aren't you? A little bit. Huh. Have you ever heard the opposite of what you're talking about? The little beep, uh, call, or sneeze? Have you heard the whip crack sneeze? Mm. Where what it, is that? This is what my mother does. Like, it will literally make you jump from, like, three rooms away. My dad has that. I'm like, it's Dad, like, you're not sneezing. You're just yelling. It's like a silent wind-up, and then all of a sudden it's just like... <laughs> 
like a it's like a whip cracking uh. followed by the a normal sneeze. It's it's the weirdest thing in the world. Wow. It scares the shit out of me. Like wow. my mom has taken to apologizing after she sneezes because it's so scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, my dad has a little less finesse than that. It's just like, huh! <laughs> but much louder than that. Like, I think that he just kind of opens up his vocal cords as he sneezes and just yell. I don't know. It's awful. No human being should, be, should make that kind of sound. Okay. Um, let's see. Mbush5280 says, I worry about my wedding ring. Any ring, I guess. I only wear the one. Falling off while hanging my hand out of the car window. I'm going to say that's just you as well because I've never worried about a... I feel like your ring might be loose. I don't hang my hand out the car window that much, but if I did, I wouldn't worry about a ring falling off. Anyone here? Yeah, I mean, maybe the ring's too loose. Right. Okay. Landon Witten says... The more someone uses the word amazing, the less I trust their taste. Yes. I agree. agree. Even the word genius, too. Or, you know what else? A word that's used all the time on television, tremendous. Yeah, all that. Anything anything too big, I will agree. And I've noticed also on television, instead of saying yes, people will often say absolutely. It's like they feel like yes isn't splashy enough. Hmm. Like, like, Fred, are you having a good time in town? Absolutely. Yeah, there we go. But see, I believed you when you said that. <laughs> you sold it. All right. Uh, Chuck Rampart says, Watching all the old shows stored in my DVR often feels like a bigger chore than a lot of my actual chores. Yes, I agree with you. Okay, I have one related to this. Uh, I recently just had to get a new box from my cable provider. I've had the same one for almost two years. Mm-hmm. And when they sent me the new one, it was a new DVR, and I didn't think it through i just unplugged it put the new one in put it in the box and sent it away and now i feel like i've forgotten shows that i like to watch that i used to have dvr'd because i had like 45 things in my Mm -hmm. queue and i've like built back up the main 15 or 20 but i can't i know it was 40 something shows and i like i'm at like 22 and i'm done i can't think of anything else it's like if you're a crazy lothario and you lose your little black book it's exactly like i used to like sleeping with more people than just these main 35 or whatever that's that's exactly how i feel or it's like when your phone changes over and you lose all these text messages yes and you're like damn it i know i was texting with this one person that address was in my text message yeah Yesterday, but then it luck. then it then it corrects itself somehow though. Then you're like, oh yeah, but then they just wrote back and I'm okay. Right. See, I feel like all this stuff has to do with decluttering your life. I carry around a lot of clutter in my head and in my house and in my life and in my purse. I'm pretty cluttered. You guys, I feel like you're probably not as cluttered. Fred, you're probably not cluttered at all. No, there's some there's bits of clutter here and there. I I wish I could say that. I was completely clutter-free. Yeah. All right. MJSPDX. There's probably some... That probably stands for something that's... um, Maybe someone from Portland. I bet. I love being alone, yet miss being in social situations. I couldn't agree more. Yes. Couldn't agree. Yeah. That's... I know that feeling. Love being alone, but when there's something going on, I'm like, huh. Yeah. I... You know what? I miss... Wanting to be in social situations. Like, I feel like I like being alone too much, and I wish I were more social. I wish I wanted to be more social. I guess I'm alone in that one. No, I'm with you. It's a similar, it's similar. Yeah. 
to I, what she's saying. I have to remind myself to accept invitations. Yeah. People like ask me to do something and it's like, well, okay, but I only get like one night off a week. So I know that's the thing is I don't want to schedule like on the one night off. I don't want to schedule something because then it feels like I have no nights off. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. I know it feels like work a little bit. You're like, I got to go to this thing. My and friend. then after you, if after I go though, I'm always happy that I went and I think I can't believe I almost didn't do that. Yeah, like my friend called me today and said, it's my birthday on Friday. Can we go play golf? And then I'll take you to dinner with my parents. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Like like, yeah. like that person was trying to sell you on it. You're like, why? That's not supposed to, doesn't sound good to me. Right. Then I got to go to dinner? That someone else is going to pay for? It? Yeah, it was just like everything about it was Why don't good. we just I, do the golf? Like I'm, I'm an <laughs> avid golfer, like, but it just... It seemed like a chore. Like yeah. It was two I, things, I, yeah. and it was just, it was too much. Too much. Okay, Randy Lawson. Hi, Randy, says, fantasize about who'd play them in a movie. Randy's uh, called into our show before. She has. That's why she got the special high. Uh, hope it'd be Natalie Portman, but no, it'd be Jodie Sweetin. That's funny. Um, I don't actually fantasize about who would play me in a movie, and I think this has to do with what I was saying before about just I just don't know what my face looks like in general. I'm very unclear on how I come off and how I come across, so therefore I'm never like, oh, that person would be good playing me in a movie or whatever. Yeah, I don't fantasize about this at all, but yeah, me neither. since she just brought it up, I feel like it would be someone big and goofy like Rob Riggle or Will Ferrell just because I'm a big dude yeah those would be good for you that'd be awesome listen those would be amazing yeah great humorous actors fred do you any thought given to this about who would play you in a movie juliet juliet binoche oh that's good audrey (laughs) tattoo (laughs) both so someone impish and a woman (laughs) i don't see them that way All right, Mr. Show. <laughs> does everyone <laughs> does everyone else leave a few squares of TP in the pot before pooping? No. It prevents splashback and streaking. Never. No, has, this, never. No. has that ever even crossed anyone's no. mind? No. Never. What kind of toilet do you have, sir? What is what is soaked up type paper thin What is that doing? Well, I mean, is is he right? Does that prevent splashing? Who can, you, why why is that not a problem? It's never no, what? What? Yeah, that's that's a weird thing. I've, Does I've, he go to the bathroom in an elementary school? <laughs> Maybe it's there's like a lot the, of velocity he's dealing I with. I guess so. Splash. Is this Matt's is this Matt Fondelier's alternate <laughs> account? I know. Yeah, no, I've never thought to do that. It seems wasteful of the toilet paper and um and just strange. Yeah, very strange. So can I add one more of my own? Yes, please. Uh, I just came up with this the other day when I was driving around with my friend. If I am driving from point A to point B and I want like a, like a bottle of water or something that's not absolutely necessary, it's just like, you know, I would like a drink, I will pass places that are on the left-hand side of the road because I don't want to have to cross traffic twice to keep going in the direction I was going. And oh, I'll wait for somewhere that's on the right. I get that. If I have an empty tank of gas and I need to get gas, I'll do that. Okay. Good, so I'm not crazy. Yeah, You're that's not, not crazy. No. Um, well, there you go. It looks like most people, it's just them. I think it's around time to wrap this one up, but I just have to uh, consult my list of questions and topics for Fred Armisen to see if there's anything important here that we didn't get to. Um, let's see, complicated drumming technique, which is very funny. People should go check that out. 
Um, let's see. Oh, here, okay. You're funny and you're a musician. How do you feel about funny music? It works sometimes. But you never really do it, right? I would never do it, but uh, it's a blurry, it's a very gray area, actually. Some stuff is like, I just now said that I would never do it, but would I be part of something that was anything like Spinal Tap? Hell yes. How great was Spinal Tap? Yeah. You know? Is there but, anything better? No. And is that, is that your songs. favorite of all things? It's not a matter of my favorite. I think everyone will agree that it's the greatest rock comedy mix ever. Right. Right, but that's like satire slash parody as opposed to I sort of what I'm thinking of, which is it's not really a send up. Right. It's more, well. The funny thing is, I'm thinking it's more like Weird Al, and yet Weird Al is parody satire and yeah. Sand- it's too bl- it's too gray. Up. It's all blurry and gray. Well, like, well, but it's like if something's good, it's good. Yeah. If if it's good, it's good. Like, what can you do? But I guess I mean like sort of silly, quirky, like they might be giancy type. Like, hi, I'm Fred Armisen being Fred Armisen playing music that is funny. It sounds a lot like Garfunkel and Oates. Oh, but see, I think they're funny. Yeah, see? I mean, if yeah. it's done well. I'm hoist on my own petard here. You know? So there's stuff on Portlandia that are just jokes. I mean, Dream of the 90s is a joke. And I love that. And I loved the second season version of that. 18, 1890s. That was but that's, amazing. That's a joke, too, really. I mean, yeah. like, I'd like to pretend like it's, you know, higher art than that, but it's not. It's just a joke song. Well, okay. Sorry. No, it's higher art. It's the highest of art. I would love... It's I'd love fine to be- art. I'd that love, was a fine art song. I'd love to believe it, but it's, it's, it is music comedy. Yeah, okay. When you okay, get down fine. to it. Is there anything else that you want to talk about, Fred? That you didn't that you didn't get to express? No, I think we we covered. I think I got to express myself quite a lot. It was a lot of Fred. Yeah, but also just the right amount. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. I know it's late, and um, mm-hmm. if you're on New York time, it's even later. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to plug? I know that there's a, a third season of Portlandia will be coming yeah. after you film it. That's the other thing I was doing here. We're writing, starting to write that. I'm going to give you a kiss on the cheek. Here's another one. Kiss on the cheek. <laughs> That's so continental. Kiss your forehead. <laughs> high five. High another high five. Low five. Double side. There we go. All right. Shake hands. There we go. Huge hug. Pat on the back. Now you pat me. All right. Quick jump up and down. Us two. There we go. Turn around. And one more slap. There we go. Thumbs up, both of us. And another kiss on the cheek. I feel so limber now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. Gary, thank... Oh, uh, we try to give Gary a nickname on every show, but we only do it on some shows. So do you have one for him? His name is Gary Smith. While you think about that... No, I'm going to tell right now. It's... um. <laughs> it's Dr. God. Dr. God? Because he's like watching over, but he's like a doctor kind of. So he's like Dr. God. I like it. It's, 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 it's a little from left field, uh-huh. and I like that about it. How do you feel about that, Gare? I'm wondering if the fact that my cross was sticking out of my shirt played into it. Oh, did it? Uh, no, it was just where he was. I like it. You just cast yeah. a kind of medical, ethereal yeah. thing. You'd have that going for you. So you guys, you know what you should do? 
I'll tell you what you should do. You should go to Amazon because you should click through the banner on my site for Amazon because that will help the show. And you're going to go there anyway and you're going to buy stuff because everyone buys stuff on Amazon. Um, but if you click through my site, then that sends a few cents my way and then I can go out and buy um, puppies. You have plenty of money. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Who are you kidding? I'm, I'm sitting on a mountain of money. I have a nickname for you, the millionaires. I I like it, but people aren't going to realize you're joking, and then therefore they're going to think that I'm actually some kind you of millionaire. She has so many rings; it's <laughs> weird. It's a lot of rings. I can barely bend my fingers from the weight of all it's my rings. All rings. I know. How could you not be worried about those things coming off when you hang your hand out? The I know. I know. That's because she has a driver. Because she's the millionaire. I would love to have a driver. That's the first thing I'm going to do when I make my first thousand. <laughs> I'm going to get a driver because I'm tired of driving. I'm not. I'm not good at it. It takes away from my texting. Am I drinking? I mean, I don't really drink very much. But if I did, then you're just you're mad. What's going on? Your jaws on the floor. How dare you? How dare I? What text and drive? Yeah. Everyone does that except for people who signed Oprah's contract. He's looking for backup. I, well, he's going to get it because you text me while you're driving all the time. How do you know? Because you say I'm in the car right now. I'll send you that email when I get home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of these days, I'll either get a ticket or die. <laughs> but until then, I'm getting no. a lot done. Do you, you never? No, don't die. Okay, I'll try not to. But do you never text and drive? I pull over. You do not. Do you really? You do not. It's not out of a moral high ground. It's fear, fear, and like I, I, it's too scary. I'm not. Per- I'll tell you what I do. Just so it's, I'm not trying to paint a perfect picture of myself. I do look at maps on my iPhone when I'm lost. <laughs> See, I do that too. But do you think that's as bad as texting? It, no, it is because for a moment you're looking at the name of the street. You're like, I'm on. What the it's Alvarado. No, no, this is Olive. No. And yeah. in that moment, you're kind of in your phone. So yeah. I'm not saying it as a That's high ground. That's true, thing. I, I will admit that the maps still kind of draw me in a little bit. Yeah, because the times that I've actually almost hit another car while I've been driving because I'm on my phone have been when I'm looking at a map. For some reason, that seems to take more concentration than texting. Yeah. But they're probably all bad. Yeah. I... I haven't played any sort of game on my phone while I'm driving, although I've been very tempted in traffic. Mm. So it's not like I'll do anything unsafe. See? Yeah. Redeeming. I, I should be redeemed. This is now I'm redeemed. Yeah. All right. Fred, thank you. Gary, thank you. Listeners, thank you. Allison, thank you. Bye, you guys. I love you. Bye. 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 Bye.
You're listening to the Ace Broadcasting Network.